Welcome to the Bourbon Library, hosted by the Bayless Brothers. A spirited conversation always served neat as barrel proof of our family bond. Grab a glass. The episode starts now. Growing up in my house, there were certain things that were always around. Ice cream, for instance, was always around. Pretzels, a bag of the regular and a bag of the thick sourdough kind. We always had cans of tuna, Fig Newtons, and of course, popcorn. Not those kernels that you have to cook on the stove, but the microwave bag kind. Most days after school, I would come home and watch Oprah with my mom. Here we go. And like clockwork, we would get a bag of popcorn, microwave it, and eat it straight out of the bag. Sometimes we wouldn't even want to share, and we would each just get our own bag. That delicious, piping hot, buttery, salty popcorn would hit the spot as Oprah gave cars away to people on the TV. This actually jogs another memory. I vividly remember watching the last episode of Oprah's show with my mom, and yep, we were eating microwave popcorn. I think the memory sticks in my mind because I remember it feeling kind of trivial. Oprah's show was ending, so what? And as Oprah gave her final monologue, I turned and looked at my mom. One hand in her popcorn bag, and the other hand wiping a big tear making its way down her cheek. I was young and dumb, and I didn't know how long Oprah had been doing this show, and how important and amazing she is. I didn't realize how important it was that she even had a show, and that she was a face all of us knew. But for now, that's besides the point. The point is, that buttery taste in microwave popcorn, and what it's made of. Because guess what? It's not real. And we'll get to that. But first, a quick word from our sponsor. All right, so today we are drinking High West. Um, I have the American Prairie bourbon along with Timmy, and my dad bought the campfire and Ryan got the Borai. When I popped the cork and poured some of my American Prairie bourbon into a glass, I noticed that my bottle looked kind of funny. What the heck? Wait, yeah, is it is it speckled this bottle, or am I crazy? Yeah, no, it's speckled. It's got uh, air bubbles in the glass. I did not notice that. I love that. Yeah, I thought it was uh, something floating in sediment at first, uh, but you know what? Like I said, in Mexico, I've seen, I've gone to these uh, some tequila distilleries that they have glass like that. Weird. High West's website says this quote. High West Distillery was founded in 2006 by David Perkins and his wife, Jane. David, a former biochemist, was inspired to open his distillery after seeing the parallels between the fermentation and distilling process and his own work in biochemistry during a trip to the Maker's Mark Distillery in Loretto, Kentucky. End quote. For me, whiskey in its final state is where I'm most comfortable. The actual process that led it up to that point, even though I have a rudimentary understanding, is a mystery to me. The more I hear the same information over and over, the clearer it all becomes. So apologies if you've already heard this. Quote, Its foundation is little more than a balanced combination of grains, mostly composed of corn, that is fermented and distilled into alcohol. End quote. This is a quote from the book Bourbon Empire by Reed Mittenbuehler. It's a simple concept that's supported by lots of chemistry and processes. Today, we have a somewhat reluctant expert with us. He'll tell you that he just brews beer, but I can attest this guy knows what he's talking about. His name is Matt, and it's Uncle Timmy's brother. Here's Matt. Is that Matt? Yeah. <laughs> hey. hey. Look at this guy. How you doing? I just got off of the quickie loop. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matt is a humble guy and he makes damn good beer. Matt's got to have a pretty good palate considering he's an award-winning beer maker. That's true. But it's for beer. <laughs> yeah, but now we're drinking beer. It's just been aging don't, a little lo- longer. Don't be shy, Matt. We, I know that you have an extremely sensitive palate. Uh, some vanilla and peat. Vanilla and mm. peat. That's the earthiness I yeah. get. Yeah. yeah. Vanilla. Oh, you know, it's not scotch peaty by any means or no. anything. But there's a, yeah, earthy kind of mild peat. As Matt's shyness dissipates, he goes on to further taste High West American Prairie bourbon. Little coating on the tongue. Yeah. Like buttery or yeah, oily? Yeah, or? a little diacetyl, but, you know, not as a true, you know, it's not buttered popcorn or anything, but it's got that slickness mm-hmm. that I associate with a, a diacetyl. What is a diacetyl? Brewing where that, it, that's it, where the poop comes not. out. Turns out my dad was wrong. It's not where the poop comes out. It's something else entirely. Matt explains. Diacetyl, so it's a byproduct chemical that yeast produce during fermentation. And then generally, uh, like in the beer world, we'll do what's called a diacetyl rest. So you'll hold it at fermentation temp post-fermentation, and the yeast generally absorbs it. And then it's gone. Now, a lot of English sales. I mean, diacetyl is not a, a horrible thing until you get a butter bomb of a beer in a glass. Right. Uh, classically produced generally more by ale strains of yeast, which I'm guaranteeing you distiller's yeast probably is an ale yeast. Diacetyl is a chemical used to give microwave popcorn its buttery flavor and aroma. It is also something that occurs, like Matt said, during the fermentation process. It's produced by the yeast. This sparks a memory for my dad. Early on in his bourbon journey, as he developed his palate, my dad would defer to Matt for some words that matched with the scents and flavors he was experiencing in his whiskey. For instance. You uh, named the alcohol flavor that is so bad, that makes it bad. Fusel. Huh? Fusel alcohol? Say that again. Diesel? Fusel. F like in Frank. F U S U F U. So it's not going to work in my VW? No. Okay. Yeah, it would probably. Maybe if you can burn Greasel, you can burn So it's Fusel alcohol? That was the flavor? That's what I would guess. It's what I call the indigenous alcohol flavor. All countries have a booze that has that flavor. Think. Mescal from Mexico, think uh, Cachaza, yeah, think uh, Plum uh, Brandy, Schlievovitz, stuff like mm. that. They all have that. It's just not as a refined alcohol that they, you know, either they're keeping heads and tails or something, but they're just not getting as clean of a distillate product. And just as a distillation refresher, distiller.com says, quote, during distillation, Liquid in the still is heated to a vapor. That vapor is then pushed along to the condenser where it is cooled back into a liquid. The resulting distillate is more concentrated in ethanol and certain flavor compounds than the liquid it left behind in the still. As the distillation process continues, the heat in the still continues to rise as more alcohol leaves the liquid being distilled. This has the interesting effect of causing certain flavors and aromas to be released in the still at different times. End quote. 
Heads and tails are the distillate that is made right when the steel is warming up and right at the end of the distilling process. The heart is all the good stuff in the middle when the steel is all warmed up. Here's a real world explanation of the process. In, in my perspective is like, it's think like about starting car in the morning on a cold day. Okay, you may put that heat on a little early to kind of help get some movement going, but until it really heats up, you're not getting, you know, heat. Right, right. got you. I've okay. had a couple of years though too, so you know, my <laughs> explanations may not be the best. Gotta let that car warm up in the morning before it can be flying on all cylinders. We move on. Ryan has the bore right and he seems to be enjoying it. I wasn't sure that I was going to like this. Just I have some predisposed feeling about it, but I'm enjoying this burai quite a bit, actually. Um, I know that's like my, my log line for every episode. Ryan wrestled with the flavor, but he comes to a few certainties. It's like super sweet and then instantly spicy. It's is, kind the of like, bourbon, is the bourbon a rye bourbon or a wheat bourbon? I, you know, that's a great question. I don't know. And then if it's a wheat bourbon, then Alec, yeah, it would be like a four grain, right? But right. if it's a rye bourbon, then yeah, then not, not so much. And also something kind of fun is that all the whiskeys in this, in this blend are a minimum of 10 years old. 10? Yeah, yeah. that's so that, that that's one's... That's interesting, yeah. That's an improvement from everything else we're drinking. That's what I'm telling you. I feel kind of lucky I got this one. I, it's my, This is like the time that Alec got the... Uh, uh, contradiction. contradiction. I feel like this is my episode to have the, the Borai. On the other end of the spectrum, my dad got campfire, which he hadn't had before our call. And after tasting, openly doesn't like it. What made you pick that one? So truth be known, I was at the liquor store mm-hmm. and there's what, like three or four different High West options typically? Yep. Yeah. And they were up high on the shelf far enough that I couldn't actually read the fine part of the label, the fine print part. Yeah. And the guy that was at the register was in kind of a hurry. And he goes, what do you want? Oh God. So I could read campfire. So I said, <laughs> give me the campfire. <laughs> How's it taste? It's not good. I, I'm not a scotch mm. fan at all. I do not like scotch at mm. all. And it, the scotch overpowers the bourbon. So can I ask you something though? Do you, could you see how someone would appreciate it or no? Yeah, yeah. Um, I could see if somebody that uh, actually likes bourbon, I'm, I'm sorry, scotch, uh-huh. that maybe that flavor profile uh, mellowed out with a little bit of bourbon would be good. So we don't... It's got, we, it's got rye in it as well, mm-hmm. a rye whiskey. So uh, it's just a matter of somebody that, you know, like Ken drink, used to drink scotch a lot mm-hmm. until he went kind of, you know, over the top crazy for bourbon. <laughs> he might like it. Hmm. Devin didn't have High West, but he did do some digging on social media. I read read some High West stuff on Twitter. Mm-hmm. People calling it the Mile High Bourbon. And people say it's awesome distillery that you got to go. It's really beautiful and all these things. And, it, you know, and the bourbon's good. The bourbon's good. And do we really need more than that? I know I don't. But of course, there's more to it. What makes a good bourbon? Like, scientifically. There are a lot of factors, but we get back to butter. What was it we had a few shows ago that tasted like butterscotch? 
Well, that, I thought uh, E.H. Taylor, no? 1792, 12 year, maybe? We never had the 1792. Oh, I'm sorry. You're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> but Timmy, right? That's oh, yeah, last weekend. Last weekend. It has a, it has a really nice butterscotch flavor. Oh, good. I'm sure. I hope this connects to something. That buttery stuff, the asshole stuff that Matt was talking about. <laughs> oh, it had some? The fusel? No, that's no, different. The no, not the fusel. The asshole. The dead asshole. <laughs> Diacetyl in the right amount can help shape some of these butterscotch flavors in a buttery mouthfeel. All of these things working together to create a flavor profile. All that art and science. And what do I think? Oh man, I, I do not like this high West. Guys, I'm so disappointed because I'm really liking it. I did not expect to like it at all. I thought I was going to be the one that's like, no. Nope, Ryan, you good. say you like it every week, though. I, I, know, think well, I think you're just doing some free marketing for them. Hey, yeah. hey Devin, Devin. <laughs> I'll give you this bottle so you can try it. <laughs> nice, uh, nice guys. No, he doesn't want that one, Timmy. I got a better one for him. It's got more in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, man. So that's the beauty of the whole thing. This is all subjective. No one's right or wrong, man. Oh, yeah. absolutely right. Yep. I mean, that's the fun part. It's funny to me. They don't yeah. taste funny to other people. Well, Matt, what that's does? true, except Ryan usually likes the bad ones. No. Every time. That's not true. When we all are like, oh, this is nasty. Right I, I, well, yeah, I actually all, like it. No, I mine, really like it. Mine is distinct because it's it's ten, it's at least 10 years and it's a bourbon rye blend, which is interesting to me. Mm. Well, you guys um, are all drinking different versions of this? We are. So yeah. that makes it different too. <laughs> Except for Alec and I. Yeah, yeah me and Timmy have the same one. Okay. And you guys both feel like it's not bad. You just don't like it. Is that it's right? Just, it's just flat and kind of boring. I mean, yeah, it's just... Yeah. I would enjoy it more if I went to, um, you know, I, if I skied into the resort yep. and had it there and then Alec and I would be like, wow, this is really nice. I like this. This is yeah. good. Oh, it's got a decent nose. There are a few things to unpack here. First, High West makes several expressions. I was drinking the mainline Prairie Bourbon and don't get me wrong. It's not bad at all. It's pretty solid, actually. But for me, it, it just wasn't very exciting and it didn't really challenge my palate. And that brings me to my next point. And referring back to what Matt said, bourbon tasting is subjective. According to theconversation.com, quote, each person has their own DNA sequence or recipe that is different to everyone else. DNA helps determine how you taste and smell and the message is sent to your brain about what's nice and what's not. So each of us tastes the flavor of food differently, end quote. Therefore, if something is good or bad is your perspective and your opinion. That doesn't mean we can't find common ground, and as a majority agree that Barton makes good bourbon, because they do. Additionally, the experience itself, and as we always say, who you're with, can also affect your feelings towards a bourbon. Devin adds in. No, I think, I think when you go get the whole experience, you'd be like, you would go there and you'd say, this is a good bourbon. Right. Because yeah. you're, you you're kind of, yeah, you're kind of on a, on a dopamine high when you go to those things, man. It's fun. And once again, back to popcorn. But so, like, if you've ever had a bad a bag of microwave popcorn, I never have. I doubt it. But that buttery flavoring, flavoring is the chemical synthesis of a chemical called diacetyl. Oh, so it's that not real is, butter. It's, it's you're telling thing. me. Oh, hell no. It's a powder. You it's know? the same thing that you, you're, you're finding from the yeast? Is that what you're saying? Well, not during distillation. It's fermentation. Oh, during fermentation. I see. Yeah, I see. so... Basically, you know, yeast going to produce 
ethanol and CO2, and then a lot of other kind of, you know, other flavors. And generally they're absorbed back by the yeast at the end of fermentation. Mm-hmm. And depending on where it's cut off, when they've moved it or gone with it, it may, you know, still be present there. Now, like threshold level for me is probably about five parts per million mm. where I'm like, I'm sensitive to it to a degree, but like most average people is probably around 200 parts per million. Oh, wow. Okay. You know? Interesting. And around there, you know, it, it can be a flavor enhancer. There's no mm. doubt about it, but once mm-hmm. you get past the point, it's, you know, it's what we call in the brewing world. When you get a beer and it's like, you smell it before you drink it, it's like, oh, it's a butter bomb. This reminds me of salt. When done right, it really can enhance a flavor. And when you overdo it, it can ruin your meal. Except this isn't as simple as just adding salt. And it amazes me how many variables there are in distilling. Four Roses, for example, really experiments. They have two mash bills, right? And four, five different yeasts. Oh, wow. Strains, oh, right? And each yeast strain has a characteristic flavor, right? Sure. Based on, on those mash bills. So I think that's pretty ingenious, you know, that they have that, that, that um, versatility and variety. Now, everybody else, right? They have their, your, they probably have their one yeast strain that they've cultivated, and this is it. This is our brand. Four Roses is opening it up to the understanding those things we talked about earlier, right? Which is yep. the mash, it's not just the mash bill and the char of the barrel, but where, where the yeast, where it's at in, in the warehouse, right? Where it gets moved. I think they're, they're like really exemplifying that. It sounds like they're, they're leaning into those variables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And while we have Matt here, my dad asked him another question. Where, where do they get the cinnamon taste from? These bourbons that have a strong red hot cinnamon flavor. Well, is that yeast? No, I think that's a malt bill or the high rise. Alcohol or rye. Right? It has to be the rye. High rise and char. Again, all these variables at play have such an impact on the whiskey. Let's hear some final thoughts on High West. Don't like the campfire whiskey. I don't know yet. Devin doesn't never had it. So he I've never it. had it, but I will say I would love to go to the distillery after all the tweets. It sounds like yep. it'd be fun to go to the distillery for sure. Yep, it'd be a cool experience. Jimmy? <laughs> uh, I tell you what, I would enjoy the highway. I, I think that Alec and I probably did okay with what we got. And yep. I am uh, a good nose, decent nose. Um, flavor w- w- was good, okay, kind of like flat pop. I I, I like that analogy in that. Um, flat pop, that is a good one. However, you describe something, describe it how you taste it. Yeah, oh. and, and and yeah, Alec, that was that was great. And then uh, so this is one that'll stay in the library, my library, until it's gone. But I won't replace it. Yeah, I would enjoy it going to. I probably would enjoy it like hell. With skiing into the uh, the the, uh, <laughs> the the bar or whatever it is with Alec and, and having one. Well, but other than that, that's it. I'll yeah. be in the library just so I can share it with other people and give it away. 
Not everything is for everyone, but some things are for some people. And just like the science of whiskey making, there are many variables that can affect how you taste something, from who you're with, where you are, how you feel, all the way down to your DNA. Guys, thanks for making me laugh. <laughs> Tark, right. thank, thank you, you for joining. That was you. fun. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll all right. Love you all. Soon. Right. Love you. Woodford next week. Love you. Yep. Love you. Awesome. So next time you make a bag of microwave popcorn, remember that diacetol may be giving it that buttery taste. Also remember that the Oprah Winfrey show was on for 25 seasons before it ended on May 25th, 2011. Many of us have been together for 25 years. So I thank you all for your support and your trust in me. With a bag of popcorn and a few tears coming from a mother who loved her Oprah and a son who didn't appreciate Oprah yet, just enjoyed the time spent hanging out with his mom. I won't say goodbye. I'll just say, until we meet again. Thanks for listening. I'm Alec Bayless, and this has been another episode of The Bourbon Library. Until next time, to drink is to live. Thanks for listening to our show. If you like what you heard, kindly take the time to rate and review our show wherever you're listening. It will help us grow and make more episodes. Remember to follow us on Spotify and tell your friends about the Bourbon Library. Do you have a bourbon you think we should try? Let us know and we might just feature it on a future episode. And we'll be sure to give you a shout out. If you're listening from Spotify, Anchor, or Apple Podcasts, turn on those notifications so you know when we drop a new episode. All right, bourbon lovers. Until next time. To drink is to live.